0: It is good to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Bethany and I just want to say Merry Christmas one more time. We, uh, we love you guys so much. I hope you know that. Um, we love community gospel and just uh, the people who are here. And it was a fantastic evening last night uh, celebrating Christmas Eve. It did feel a little bit weird waking up this morning. I told Bethany, I said, I feel like I just went to church. And she said, good, we're going to go back to church. And I said... I have to? And she said, yeah, absolutely. I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. I said, it's not we have to, we get to, right? We get to be here. And uh, we're excited to be here. And so uh, we've been praying for you in, in many ways. Um, we continue to pray for you. And for uh, the end of this year, it's kind of a weird thing on Sunday that we're closing. This is the last Sunday of 2023 or 2022. And then uh, next week we start 2023. Um, so what a year. Wow. What a couple of years, right? Amen. All right, um, if you would, open up God's Word, your Bibles, <clears throat> to the book of John, uh, right-hand side of your Bibles, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, one of the four Gospels. We'll be in John chapter 1. Big numbers are going to be the chapters, and then the smaller numbers are going to be the verses. And as you open up uh, to John chapter 1, verse 1. We're going to look at the first uh, 13 verses. Uh, At the end of every year, I take a little bit of an assessment of where we're at, what we've done, and where we're kind of moving into the future. And I realized uh, that this year, um, I'm creeping closer and closer to serving as the chaplain and reserve officer for the Berlin Police Department for almost a decade. I didn't think I was that old. And then my Kids remind me all the time that I am that old and getting older every day. It's interesting reflecting on the police department and just law enforcement in general. During that time, I can't even tell you how many trainings we have gone through to learn how to serve the community. Uh, I feel like sometimes we train more than anything else. (laughs) We're constantly training. There's constant trainings that we have to go through in situations that officers put themselves into. And when you spend time as an officer, you learn firsthand about intense challenges that they face. Those who are not in law enforcement have an idea, but it changes once you become an officer. Once you are inside, everything is different behind the curtain. And so as one of them, you get a different perspective. And as we're approaching John chapter 1, what I realize is that is exactly what God did in sending Christ. God, when he sent Christ, said, I will understand the situations that they face because I will become one of them. And when he came to earth... In John chapter 1, verse 14, it said, He became flesh and he made his dwelling among us. In Jesus' earthly life, he experiences all of the joys of friendship. He experiences all the wonderful, quirky family fun. And then also at the same time, Jesus experiences the worst of the worst. It's like he gets the best of the best, but he gets the worst of the worst. He experiences abandonment, all the worst problems imaginable. And yet through it all, he provides hope. He is our wonderful counselor who says in all things to us, I've been there and I understand I'm one of you. All four of the Gospels begin placing Jesus in the historical setting. Matthew begins with the genealogy of Jesus. It connects Jesus to David and to Abraham. He's a link to the Old Testament. The Old Testament is important, by the way. Please do not give up in your 365-day Bible reading plan when you get to Leviticus. It's important, I promise, all right? Sometimes you just got to keep moving in the right direction. In Mark we realize that Jesus is placed in the preaching of John the Baptist. And in Luke, the physician's work, he dedicates his work to a man named Theophilus with a prediction of John the Baptist's birth. But then you have John, which is really kind of interesting. John is unique. He opens with what we call a theological prologue. He essentially says, I want you to consider Jesus' teachings and his deeds, but you will not understand any of those things or how great he is unless you view Jesus from the point of view that Jesus is God manifested in flesh. And so today, it just seems fitting as we finish out this year and move into 2023, we should understand who is Jesus. Jesus. Who is Jesus? And that's John's answer, and I am not gonna do this passage a due service because it is so intense. But I'll try. In John chapter one, verse one it says In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was In the beginning with God, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, who is Jesus. Well, the first four verses declare that Jesus is God over time and over eternity, John opens with what we call a cosmic genealogy. He looks at Matthew's genealogy and he says, I'll trump that, I'll do you one better. Let's look at who Jesus is in regards to who Jesus was. There never was a time when Jesus was not. In the beginning, when creation came into existence, Jesus if you want to circle it, in your Bibles, is the word. And he was there. The word, word, is the word logos. In the Greek, because we know the New Testament was written in Greek and the Old Testament in Hebrew, the Greek is a familiar word in the Greek when the people who had read John's message here understood that that word said there was a divine wisdom in creation. In other words, one who looks at the world and said there is no creator is foolish. Even secular people in John's society believed in some sort of creator. They were not that foolish. And when John uses the word word, it also means... In the philosophy of the time, that there was a controlling principle in the universe. So the two put together was, number one, there was divine wisdom, there was a creator, but that creator also had control. Secular people, think about this for a second, believed in the existence of a creator and also that that creator had control. We've lost that. We gather here today and we realize that those are truths. People believe more in the existence of a man named Santa than they do of a savior named Christ. And so here, John uses this word, logos, in reference to Christ as the universal divine one who wasn't only with God, but notice he says he was God. And John shows Jesus' special relationship and fellowship with the Trinity by using the word with. And that word with means in company with. They are together. Now, to hint on some other uh, religions, Jehovah Witnesses translate John chapter 1 saying the word was a God, which is false. Because that would promote what we call polytheism, which is more than one God. Other pagans translate it, the word was divine, which is too vague. It leads to an imperfect view of who Christ is. So how do we correctly translate this today on Christmas Day for us and put it in our perspective? Well, this verse, correctly translated, helps clarify the doctrine of the Trinity by saying, the word, Jesus, is eternal in relationship to God the Father and is God. And in my finite human brain, that has to work. In other words, Christ didn't at some point in time come into existence or begin a relationship with God the Father. Both God the Father and God the Son are God. They are not two gods. They are one God. And when you get to heaven, you can say, God, how did that work? The only way that we have it work in our minds is like a chord. Three notes. Creating one chord in perfect harmony. So who is Jesus and what is John trying to say in relationship to time and eternity and how in the world does this matter in our life? Well, look at verse 3. Jesus is the creator God. Jesus, the word, John says, is the agent of creation, All creation was made by Christ in relation with God the Father and the Holy Spirit together. John stressed the work of Christ here as well, saying he came, Jesus came to earth to reveal God the Father, even though creation reveals God the Father. So, we take this a step further. We believe that creation gives evidence or proof of the existence of God, that's general revelation, but we also say Jesus is special revelation to us. Paul tells us in Colossians chapter 1, verse 17, we talked about this earlier this year, he, Jesus, holds all things together, and then we partner that with Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, where he says, he, Jesus, is upholding the universe by the word of his power. So what? What are you getting at? That is why we don't forget Jesus, because we are held here together this morning by his word, that he spoke at creation, and he still speaks to us today in this beautiful text, and his power, which is why we don't blast into smithereens and fall apart. It is why our world is still moving in a proper direction, because God is in control. Jesus is the creator and the sustainer of all things. He always has been. He always will be. You can trust him. You can trust the God over time and eternity. But look at the second thing that comes up in verse 4. Jesus is also God who gives life. Now, we would all believe here at Community Gospel Church that life is important. Some of you realized how important life is as you saw it bounding down the stairs this morning saying, Can we open up gifts yet? And you responded, We have to wait till Pastor Jordan preaches his two-hour-long sermon. And I am the only thing that stands in the way between you and gifts today. I will exercise that power to my ultimate authority. I'm just kidding. Life is important. We see it at, at Christmas. It's 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 amazing to lose life is tragic. Some of us have lost loved ones this past year. Some of us have deep hurt. Some of us have lost jobs. Some of us have lost opportunities. But look at what John says in verse 4. He's affirming that in the ultimate sense, true life is only found in Christ. You could underline those words, in Christ. When we hear life, we think physical life. But John's ultimate purpose isn't for men to have physical life. Everybody has physical life. John's goal here for humanity is have life in his name. In other words, what he says, you should be born a second time. Now, you're, you're, you're close here. Look at John chapter 3. Just jump over to John chapter 3, verse 6. Uh, a great story happens in John chapter 3, which is interesting. It's so close to John chapter 1. When Nicodemus asked Jesus, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus answers Nicodemus, and he says, truly, truly, I say unto you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is born of flesh, but that which is born of spirit is born of spirit. What's happening here is Jesus in John chapter 3 is highlighting what John has already said in John chapter 1, saying that he is the life. He is the one who gives life. He is the creator. He reveals life of God to the dark world. And because he is eternal, we should believe in him. We should believe so much that we submit everything in our lives to him as the sovereign Lord. And as we woke up this morning, we would ask the question, What was more important, the gifts underneath the Christmas tree or the gift that has been given to us, which is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Because he is the creator, we worship him because we see his handiwork and what he has made. If his life is in us, then our salvation is secure and we should be filled with hope knowing that we'll spend eternity with him. We freely let him shine into every decision that we make. We get to the end of 2022 and we ask ourselves, as we make decisions for 2023, will I make them with Christ or will I make them without Christ? To know God means to look to Christ, the eternal word of God. Now look at verse 5, back to chapter 1. It says that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man who was sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. Well, hold on just just a second. There's a lot of Johns happening right here, right? Right? We got Pastor John, we got this John, we got four or five Johns. What are we doing here, right? How many Johns? How do we keep all these Johns in the right place? Well, before we get there, let's talk about light. Jesus makes Life available to all. And light is commonly used in the Bible as a symbol of God. While darkness is going to signify death and sin and separation from God. Now, keep tracking here. Light's nature is to shine and scatter darkness. And darkness is alive now, but unable to overpower the light as light invades the darkness. Satan and his subjects realize and understand that they are useless in regards to attacking the light. what is happening here is Christ is continually bombarding every corner of our hearts of darkness through the work of his light in nature, in our conscience, and in the scriptures. Now, why is this important? Because it's impacted everybody. John declares the author of our text. John declares that a man came named John, not him, John the Baptist, who was sent from God like Old Testament prophets, commissioned by God for special ministry. His job was to bear witness to the truth of Jesus as the light, which is now your job as believers in Christ. If you confess with your mouth that you are a sinner, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Savior, then you also bear witness to the light who has invaded the darkness of your heart and is continually conforming you to the image of Christ. People in sin are in so much darkness that they need someone to tell them what is light. Somebody asked me the other day, What is the hope for our world right now that is living in darkness? And I answered them, do you call yourself a believer in Jesus Christ? And they said, yes. I said, then you are. They said, me, how am I the hope of the world? Because the light of Christ dwells within you. It is your opportunity and your obligation to share Christ. To fail to share Christ to somebody who is in darkness is a sin. If you know the answer and you do not give an answer for the hope that you have in Christ, it is a sin because you are failing to love somebody genuinely like Christ loved us. Our salvation that we receive from God was never meant for us to have so a selfish gift. It was a gift that we constantly give. And if you're from the 90s or 80s, we sang it because Sandy Patty sang it. And the gift goes on. The Father gave the Son, and the gift goes on. The Son gave the Spirit, and the gift goes on. And they had really bad perms. (laughs) And thankfully, that was a gift that did not get passed on. Look at this. People in sin are in so much darkness, they need someone to tell them what is the light. So John's goal, John the Baptist, was that all men might come to trust in Christ John's goal, the author of the text, was to pen this gospel so that men might come to trust Christ and come to the light so that he would bombard their darkest places of their souls. And while John was great, look at what it says in the text. He wasn't the light. A lot of people thought that he was. As a matter of fact, 20 years after Jesus' resurrection, Paul, the apostle, found 12 disciples of John the Baptist in Ephesus in Acts chapter 18. So why does this matter? Who is Jesus in relationship to our light? Look at verse 9, chapter 1. The true light, which enlightens Everyone was coming into the world. Now, I just told you that I was sick for three days. And this verse just came full throttle because every time I would wake up, I would grab my cellular device to see what time it was, and the light from the device would hit my eyes, and as my eyes were looking at that light, I would go, ah, because it was so bright And it was changing my vision. Jesus is God who gives light to everyone. That's exactly what his word does when we read it into our souls. John stresses Jesus' continual existence. He paraphrases it like this. There's always been a true light, even before John came. Now, John says that Jesus, as the eternally existing light, fully God, who entered time, fully man, into the world he created, darkened by sin, to be the Redeemer, was an opportunity that is open to every single man. Christ's death on the cross was sufficient for the whole entire world, but is only efficient for those who would believe in him. And so, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower, righteous. People run to it and are safe. And we would ask ourselves, why do some of my family members, those people who I love and care about, not trust Christ? Why? why do I see this as being foolish? Because they're not running to the strong tower. And we have to remember, it is not our work, it is Christ's work that needs to be done there. Jesus is the true light And we can count on him and trust him as a source of pure light, and we welcome that light into our life to conform us more to his image. He is working for the good of those who love him. It's good to remember when we as believers experience times of spiritual darkness. In those times, we can choose by grace, through faith, to run to his name, that it is working for our good. Now look at verse 10. Jesus is doing something in our lives. He is enlightening us as to the darkness of this world, verse 9, and also enlightening us to the darkness of ourselves, verse 10. He was in the world, yet the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He was rejected. Now, you want to circle that word world real quick, which is the world cosmos, which means a world of men and human society, which is now in disobedience to God and under the ruleship of Satan. Jesus came among people in incarnation, but humankind did not recognize its maker. Isaiah chapter 1 talks about that. The failure to recognize or know Christ wasn't because God's nature was somehow hidden in people, but because of human ignorance and blindness caused by sin. And verse 11 is the saddest verse in the whole entire Bible. He came to his own and even to his own people, and those people did not receive him and we would do well today to say, God, I am sorry. The saddest verse in the Bible is John chapter 1, verse 11. That Christ went to his own home, but he had no welcome. Jesus went to his own people, the nation of Israel, but they rejected him. They refused to accept him as revelation sent by God the Father and refused to obey his commandments. Isaiah chapter 53 said this would happen who has believed our message if your eyes have been opened to the spiritual truths in john chapter 1 if your eyes have been opened to that truth then you should stop and praise god that his spirit has swept into your heart and fashioned a spiritual circumcision of your callous blind heart inherited from adam lasting in verse 12 the true light enlightens everyone about the world's darkness about our own darkness the people who are in their darkness do not know him they don't accept him the people who have claimed their darkness and confessed their sin and believed upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ verse 12 is so good But to all who did receive him, who believed, that's the word faith, in his name, he gave rights to become children of God. Praise the Lord. Verse 13, who were born, and this goes back to connecting to what Jesus is going to tell Nicodemus in chapter 3, not of blood nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but they were born of God. This is the greatest Christmas present that you could have ever received. To be adopted into the family of God, to be called His children, and to be lavished gift after gift after gift of grace and mercy and peace and joy and love. Can you imagine, just for a moment, you have no home, you have no family, you have no house, you have no tree. Somebody comes and says, I have a place for you in my house. I have rooms. I have places for you to dwell. I want you to come. It would be so foolish for us to look at them and say, I don't need any of that. I'm fine on my own. But it would be so amazing for us to come into that family and see that home and embrace that warmth and the gifts under the tree and to realize that all of them are for us. But how foolish it is for us as believers as we often fail to open those gifts. We keep Bibles closed. We keep commentaries closed. We keep studies away. We love media. We love social things. We love all of these things that are of the world because they satisfy our flesh for a desire. But the Lord says, if you discipline yourself, I will satisfy you for an eternity. Jesus is God who makes us children of God. A huge statement that demands all of our attention. Come let us adore Him. Christ the Lord who welcomes us to His table. Who welcomes us to be free from our sins. Who welcomes us to be redeemed by His grace. Who reveals the revelation of God's will. Who gives sacrifice for sin to become The children of God. That is a magnificent, massive word. The word right there, if you would circle that, is better than the word sons. People aren't naturally children of God, but can become so by receiving the gift of new birth. The birth of a child of God isn't a natural birth. It's a supernatural work of God and regeneration. A person welcomes Jesus and responds in faith and obedience to him. But the mysterious work of the Holy Spirit is the cause of this regeneration. Going back, I accidentally closed my Bible. Into John, verse 3. If you look at verse 5, tying into Nicodemus. Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not be marveled that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. In other words, what he's saying is, Nicodemus, this is so far beyond you. This is too marvelous for you to understand. If I gave you all the mysteries of God, your head would explode. Spurgeon says, the man is like a watch which has a new mainspring, not a mere face and hands repaired, but new inward machinery with freshly adjusted works which act to a different time and a different tune. And whereas he went wrong before, now he goes right because he is right Within. It's your responsibility to believe in Christ for salvation. It's your responsibility to urge others to believe in Christ as well. In 2023, my prayer for us as believers of community gospel church is that we would be burdened for people who do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But we would also be burdened for ourselves that we don't become stale in our relationship with Jesus Christ as our Savior. Whether we believe in Christ, we can't take credit for our faith or our wise decision-making. All we can say is, if God had not graciously chosen me and imparted new life to me, then I would still be in my sin. All glory goes to God for the gift of Christ. So you've heard what John's testified, that Jesus is the light And that he shines as the true light. And now it's time for you to make the verdict. What an amazing God that he puts it in our lap. You tell me, what do you want? Will you ignore him? Or will you pursue your own agenda? reject him because he confronts your pride? Or do you receive him? Fully receive him by believing in his name? And do you take on being all of his child? What do you do with the gifts that have been lavished upon you by God the Father? Are we breaking gifts? There's nothing worse than a child that breaks a brand new present, right? accident is one thing, but on purpose is a totally different thing. What about when the gift hurts a little bit? What about when the gift shines into a place that needs some restoration and work? I'll close with this. A sculptor can take a piece of marble, and he can work it to a beautiful statue, but it is still lifeless marble. A carpenter can take a piece of wood and make it comfortable furniture, but it's still just material objects. A poor man can clothe himself in expensive clothing, but he's still poor. That's happening a lot in society today, by the way. A leper can cover all of his spots with any fabric, but he's still a leper. And so the sinner can reform in all the externals of his life. In other words, you can be a good person. But if you're not born again from above, you'll never see the kingdom of God and all will be lost. A community gospel church in the muck house And prayerfully in your house, Jesus is everything. He is the God who gives life to everyone to be accepted or rejected. He is the God who gives joy. He is the God who gives us honor and privilege to be called his children. The more I read the gospel accounts, the more I see Jesus say, Go and sin no more because you bear the image of Christ in all that you think, say, and do. And our question as we close 2022 is how did we do bearing the image of Christ this past year and how will we do in 2023 bearing his image in all we think, say and do. Let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we praise you that in the beginning was the word And as we look to Christ the Word, we proclaim Him individually and corporately today that He is God. Jesus Emmanuel, God with us. Christ who took on flesh. We acknowledge God that all things were made through Him and without Him was not anything made that was made. We believe As a body here today, our common bond is the Holy Spirit that dwells within us when we believe in faith in Christ. We believe that in Jesus is life. And the life was the light of men. If you are here today, Christmas Day, 2022, You do not know Christ as Savior and Lord. Understand that God desperately wants a relationship with you through faith and trust in Christ. He is not begging you. He's not pleading with you. He's just simply offering it to you, a poor sinner who has fallen short of his glory. It's not out of pity. It's out of love and care, and compassion. We feel so often, God, that you desperately want a relationship with us, which you do, but you don't need that. You desire that. That is your heart's desire, but you understand that we have to make a choice. And so if you're here today, right now, and you do not have a relationship with God through faith in Christ, understand what you are accepting. You are accepting freely, and telling God, that I do not need you, I do not want you, and I accept my fate of that decision. And he will honor your request. And he will give you everything in which you deserve. And the wrath of God will come upon you. And maybe not happen now, but in eternity, the grace that you are borrowing will run out make the decision to trust Christ. And God, so many of us have trusted Christ. We believe that in Jesus' life. And so, Lord, we would ask that you would shine because of the Holy Spirit that you have given to us into the dark places of our life and that you would overcome that darkness. And that we would be like John, and we would bear witness about the light, and that people might believe in you through that power. We would bear witness about the truth of Christ. And even in the rejection of the gospel, God, help us not to be discouraged. As it is said so much in the Old Testament, we should not be afraid or discouraged and we should not fear because your approval and your applause is all that matters help us to live with the magnitude that we are your children we praise you today god that the word became flesh and dwelt among us and that we have seen his glory the glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Help us to live lives accordingly to that grace and truth and all we think, say, and do. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Community Gospel Church podcast. If you would like to support this ministry financially, simply log on to communitygospelchurch.com and click the Contribute tab.